Welcome to the Cork Creative Podcast. With this podcast, we hope to shed some light on the creative work that Cork's artists and business people are doing and to give them a platform to discuss their journey to now, plans for the future and lessons learned. If you would like to learn more, please visit corkcreative.ie. I am Geraldine Hennessy, your host. I am a technology-enhanced project manager for Flux Learning, a digital education company proudly situated in Clannacilty, County Cork, where I live and work. Today, I am joined by Stephen Hayes, a budding fine art photographer from Clannacilty. Stephen, a father to two beautiful children, left the stable world of accounting in 2019 to follow his passion for photography and has never looked back. He strives to put a stamp on his native West Cork landscapes. Whilst the rest of us pine for glorious sunny days, Stephen is happy to wake up to misty foggy weather that will evoke that all-important atmosphere that makes his photography so special. Today we discuss his love for the whole photography process, his love-hate relationship with Instagram, evolution of his business, local supports and inspirations, and we get the answer to the ultimate question. So you're very welcome to Cork Creative, Stephen. Thank you very much for having me. It's a huge honour, thank you. Uh, we'll start off with um, your equipment. What kind of camera do you use? What is your in your bag? Is it a Canon, Nikon, Sony? Yeah, so I'm currently using a full-frame Sony system. So it's a Sony A7R2 with all Sony lenses. Uh, I upgraded from Canon last year. It's it's more of a professional uh, outfit. So if you're going to if you're going to be a professional photographer, you might as well have professional gear. So it's um it's expensive, isn't it? Changing gear like that though, like there's a lot of money that needs to kind of go out. Yes, especially at photography. When I first got into it, um, the bills just kept rolling in and rolling in. Um, but definitely, when you do make the decision to kind of put the effort into even printing and stuff. I, I felt that I had to upgrade the gear to get the quality out of the prints. And yes, you do have to invest heavily financially into that. And do you think you'll have to upgrade constantly, like every few years? Or how, how long do you think you get out of the gear that you have now at the moment? Um, I suppose once, like I'm invested in Sony now, so I won't be moving from Sony for a long time. My camera, I, I, I have a great relationship with my camera. It's, it does exactly what I need at the moment. So I, I wouldn't foresee upgrading that for a long time. But, you know, you, you add some lenses, you might add some better quality lenses. That would probably be about it for now. But uh, as in cameras, absolutely not. <laughs> D- no. Does your camera have a name? Like, is it your baby? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hold it around when I'm walking over cliffs and stuff like a baby. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but no, I don't have a name, no. <laughs> Maybe just my baby. <laughs> it, is, it is almost part of the family at this stage. <laughs> yeah. have, have you migrated to mirrorless or is it, are you going to stay away from mirrorless? Yes. So, yeah. So when I upgraded to Sony, Sony are 90% mirrorless now. So, yeah. So like you've got your mirror, your DSLRs and then you've got mirrorless. Mm. So. Um, I think that's the way most, even Canon and Nikon now are kind of all moving in that direction mm. anyway. All of their money really has been pumped into the, their full frame uh, mirrorless bodies now and stuff like that. So it does make sense. If that's the way the technology is going, you might as well invest heavily in that, that direction. And how have you found the transition? Have you found it easy enough to move to Sony? Or was it, was it just uh, kind of a hard thing to go initially, but you've kind of learned? No, it was, 
It was really good. Yeah. Um, well, from from day one, I could see straight away the quality of the images. Not that that's what's you know, you, you, every, every photographer has to work on composition, but the quality of the prints has just just quadrupled in quality because, like my my, that's what my aim for what I print is is to have that sharpness that because there's a lot of people out there that pixel peep. And they want to get right into a picture. And, and I'm one of those people. And if I go and see an, uh, an image by a photographer, I go right up to it, which for some photographers probably hate you doing. But I, I just love being able to see that quality mm-hmm. and upgrading to the system I have now. It doubled the resolution of my camera. It just gave me that quality of printing. And um, you don't really see it on Instagram and Facebook um, because it just dilutes the mm-hmm. image and stuff like that. But that is, it's when you see the print, you just see the quality. Yeah. Okay. And then you see your investment coming through then. Long exposure photography is fantastic at creating that ethereal, otherworldly atmosphere. Can you explain what it is to our listeners who might not recognize the term? So when, when you're exposing for an image, there's three factors you take into consideration. And one of them is, is your shutter speed. So on, the, on one end of your shutter speed, you can have a really fast shutter speed, which doesn't leave in an awful lot of light but it, it captures a moment in time um, in fractions of a second. Then the other spectrum of that is, um, ex, is a slow shutter speed. Um, and, what, and effectively another name for that is you're exposing the sensor with the shutter up for longer. So they call it a long exposure. Mm-hmm. Like it can range from anything from half a second. I've done all the way up to uh, 12 minutes. So one image is taking 12 minutes to capture. Oh, wow. Most of the time, though, maybe four minutes max. So like in that four minutes, you're, you've got water moving, you have clouds moving through the sky, you could have trees blowing in the wind. So it's, it's, it, you're still capturing a moment, but it's over a, a longer extension of time. And, you, and anything moving starts to blur out and um, like your water now becomes like a misty effect and you see the streaks going through the sky because that's your clouds moving through the sky. So yeah, that's a long exposure. So does your obsession with Lord of the Rings play into that whole um, theme? Absolutely. Like, like, some, like some of my images, but even when I, I probably do it quite, quite subconsciously that maybe I take scenes like that and kind of give it that, that otherworldly sense. Like, like even when I bring people to these locations, like even in Onihinsha, where I bring people over to the, the kind of east side, and nobody's, nobody goes down there a lot and it's really craggy and rocky and especially when the tide, obviously you can't get over when the tide is in. And uh, it's just, it's maybe do a little bit of editing then to create that, that otherworldly effect as well. Does the weather play a part in this or? Yes. Like when I'm doing workshops, I hope for great weather so that we can just have fun during the day. When, I, when I'm actually capturing like images for me to, to edit and to sell, I'm looking for kind of gloomy or bad weather. So yesterday was, from a photography point of view, was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like mist and fog better for you? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I did an image, I think about two weeks ago, of Gugambara. I was on my way down to Bantry to deliver a picture. And I only put the camera in the bag because it was raining and misty and yucky. If I, if it was like yesterday, the camera would have stayed at home. There's no way I would have taken the camera out. So um, absolutely. Yeah. So basically when the weather is bad, um, it's a silver lining for you. You're like, oh, yippee, I can take a nice photo today. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm dreading, I'm dreading seeing that 
big yellow sun <laughs> and the weather forecast. No shooting this week. <laughs> uh, your your photography process, um, process from conception through to printing and realizing it in print or in metal, how long can that take and can you walk us through your process? I suppose going back to your point there, the weather, the weather is, is the biggest factor really. That's like if I went out tomorrow, the weather is exactly what I need. I can get a shot straight away. But if I'm waiting for weather, I can extend the length of time. Like I, I keep a little notebook of kind of locations and maybe ideas that I have. And if that weather turns out to be the day that I needed that weather for, I will then go out and take that shot. Some photographers will go out and they'll do a day shoot and then they'll leave it in their, their SD card for a month or two and then they'll edit it. I am chomping at the base on the way home from the location to get home to edit it. I suppose I'll be a quick um, editor as well, let's say. But I don't get that feeling during the edit that something is working. I'll just start again or come back to it another time. But usually if it's start to finish, I could be done within an hour. And then if you take it to sending it to print, it takes maybe a couple of weeks to come back to me as a print. So take the image, edit, I could have it done in the day. But if you're going all the way through to print, I'm, I'm waiting. I don't print myself, so... I outsource my printing. So. so with your editing, does, does that give you excitement as well as the whole taking the photo? Is is that part of the enjoyment? Is is editing it as well just to kind of finish it off? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So like when I first got into photography, it was just 100%. It was getting out into nature. It was just getting down to Chidani, let's say, on a sunrise and just bring my flask and, and just enjoy that side of it. And then as I got better and better at editing kind of towards what was in my head, there's definitely like, it's like an artist, um, you know, when, you know, they, they have that moment of when they're, they're, they're putting brush to canvas. I have that moment as well mm-hmm. when I'm editing. So it's not just, it's not just the camera part of it. It is the editing side of it too. And that's where the kind of, that's why I try to bring it to life then, you know, cause like if, if you, if you see like some of my stuff now, even that Kruger mm-hmm. and shot, like, that's a kind of a murky in the rain shot and you just try to bring it to life then in, in the editing software. Like you, you, you get what you need in camera. There's just obviously there's some photographers out there who will wait for that magic moment in the evening and get their lovely sunset. But I, 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 I try to get that in, in the software and the editing software. So you use both the, the good, obviously your fantastic photography skills, but also um, the editing just to finish it off, to make it that kind of, finished product as such. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. So like you've got your technical side of actually capturing the image and then you have your, your editing side in, which kind of, I suppose, brings the magic out there and brings the, the life into the image. Then I, I call it. What um, editing software do you use? I use Adobe Lightroom um, and a tiny bit of Photoshop. I've only started getting into that lately. I haven't needed to use it, so I, 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 I haven't used it. So, but yeah, I, I, I use Adobe Lightroom. It's it's um yeah, it's amazing, so powerful. It's great. So do do you start with the mood you want to evoke and match the landscape to that, or or does the landscape dictate all? Um, I wouldn't say dictate all, but it it's it's definitely my starting point. So I will always have like a, a focus point that I want in an image. Um, let's say like Google Bar again, you know, or, or sheep's head or somewhere like that, or even as a rock down in Onihinch or something. Um, I will kind of write that down in my little book and say, okay, I'm going to come back to that when the mood is right. Um, I just, I won't photograph it if it's not, but, um, yeah, I'll, I'll pick a spot 
And then it all depends on weather and your mist, your cloudiness, your mood. And then I build it around that then. And then um, through the editing, editing phase then. But yeah, you're, it, it does start with does start with a, a kind of a, a focal point. Then you build a mood around it, which is reliant on um, on weather, um, and just being patient and waiting for the right moment. So, and do you? How do you come across like kind of ideas or like uh, when you're out and about? Do you see places or? Yes, <laughs> sometimes I'd be shouting at my wife. Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> um, Instagram is great. Um, look at Google, look at, look at other, other locations. You can come across some nice little things like that, but Instagram is perfect. You, you know, you see even people pulling up their family photos and, um, I would say, oh, I, I spotted something in the background there. I might, I might go there on a nice, on a nice moody day. So, um, and you can, you can check locations on Instagram. You can type in a location into Google, then you can, like I, especially if it's somewhere where I haven't been before, I will always kind of do that. I'll kind of plan as close to a composition as I can so that when I get down there, I know what I want. And then once I get there, then I can, I can play around a bit down there, but I try not to waste too much time scouting around on a place that I don't know. I try to do that beforehand online. And do you kind of base most of your photography around Cork or do you have plans like to kind of go further afield? Oh yeah, um, obviously with lockdown uh, last year, I was kind of stuck within my 2K and 5K. Um, then when the county opened up, it was brilliant. I was able to travel again. But yeah, definitely. I have so many places in my my book to travel around the country. Um, and it's, it's, it's you know, again, during the summer, it's kind of tough. It's, for the stuff that I do, it's really tough because um, you are reliant on that kind of murkier, bad weather, which we, you know, we don't get a huge amount of it. I know we're getting a little bit now, now at the moment, but last year was just, last year was so sunny all the time. So um, <laughs> you are kind of reliant on the weather an awful lot. So, um, you know, it'd be a shame to travel all the way up, even to Donegal or something, and then to find that it's just splitting the stones all day. So, um those kind of longer trips, I might wait for the winter, autumn, winter, spring. You have the, the complete and also opposite reaction to the weather than than most people do. <laughs> I always say that to people when I'm downtown. No, it's horrible. I can't work. <laughs> <laughs> They're all there, their shorts and t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you have a, a diverse photography business portfolio. You do classes, there's the prints, metal prints. Did you evolve these organically and how did you come into each? Yeah, absolutely. So at the start, I was kind of just going to, I was just going to focus on limited edition prints um, and see how that went. And then very quickly, I kind of saw that there isn't a huge amount of photographers, definitely photographers who are starting out. Um, it's a big risk to put all your, all your um, eggs in one basket. Um, if you are like a more renowned photographer, you can really, you can really go after those limited editions. So I started doing some market research, checking out other, other photographers. And I saw that they would do both. They do a mix of both. So they do limited editions and then they do open editions. So the open editions effectively are like, there's, you can sell as many as you want to, and, um, there's no limits. So, um, so that's, that's why I evolved into the open editions. The open editions then kind of evolved into the HD metal prints where I just chatting with my supplier, uh, Strand Framey in Clannacilty. They just, he said that, um, he just showed me a, a few examples one day. He said it might suit some of my work. Sure. 
why not? Let's let's give it a go. Um, so it's the same. It's the same. Effectively the same print file. So it's just printing a different um, different set of papers. It's just HD metal. Um, I then uh, I suppose like the first three months of my business, I was just selling prints and just doing that. And I I I, I, I kind of worked in um, an office environment for the last twenty years. So. Um, the one thing I really missed was that kind of human interaction, the fun with people, uh, the, you know, meeting meet your team every day and stuff like that. Um, and I knew I wanted to kind of do workshops at some stage, but I was probably going to say a year first, but then I just could have said, no, I, <laughs> I miss human interaction too much. So I'm going to bring it forward. Um, so I was going to, I brought it forward to April last year. And then of course it all went belly up. So I pushed that out and I started my workshops then in July. But as a business, you kind of want to have as many uh, revenue streams as you can too. So like if you've got your open edition prints, you've got limited edition prints, uh, and then you bring in your workshops. It just it just takes the pressure off one side of your business, which is, um, and especially prints, like prints are very subjective. People either like them or they don't. Um, they, they, they saw that image, they haven't seen that image. So, um, and plus when you're new, it's, it, it's you just have to keep breaking through and breaking through. So as many strings to your bow as possible is what I needed to do. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And I just, I, I love to know, I just love having the, especially like, like most people who do these kind of workshops are into photography anyway, and they love it and they kind of want to bring it on to their next level or just even just start out mm. and they're really into it. And, and it's, it's just great to see. I suppose it's good to see that passion and, you know, it's kind of all, almost like you're getting to relive that kind of real passion that people have when they're starting out in anything. You get to experience that a lot when you when you do the workshops. Absolutely. Um, and especially because I I try to bring them through to the long exposure stage in the afternoon, which they're like, some of them are, are like completely flabbergasted by that they'll be able to do it. Um, and you can see that magic moment when they do a long exposure and it's just they just fall in love straight away. They're, they're straight away. Send me everything I need to know about this. So <laughs> I send them links to lenses, filters, everything. So, so the people that attend your workshops, then Stephen, do you build a bit of a relationship with them? So, absolutely. Um, um, obviously, some some of them are people are already known, kind of guilty and, and further afield, but some of them are completely new. Like I always, like if tell them to come to me for anything, you know, afterwards, um, especially if they're going buying gear or anything like that. It, um, some people can get a, a stung, you know, just with um, buying stuff mm-hmm. or stuff being added into an order that shouldn't be there or, you know, so I, I always advise them to give me a shout or even if they, even if they are local or, or coming nearby and they want to go for a shoot, like I, if, and if I'm available, I'll pop out with them. We can go take some pictures together. So. Friendships formed out of uh, photography, so yeah, definitely. Yeah, you do get to meet some lovely people, and definitely, I'm a big, big believer in carrying that forward, and not not just about on the day, you know. Okay. And is there a particular photographer yourself that you would take inspiration from? Yeah, yeah. There's a few, but I suppose the one that was my hurrah moment a few few years ago was um, he's a local guy actually. Um, his name is Ron Riley. He is from Baltimore, and he has a gallery down in Kinsale um like when I first started photography a friend of mine at work started to find out that I was into it and um at the start I was kind of into I suppose the more 
you know, quote unquote, typical landscape shots where you have your setting sun, uh, maybe a bit of a long exposure over some rocks. And there's a lot, a lot in it where um, a lot of information in, in the image. But she showed me his work. Mm. And at the time I was just like, well, absolutely no way I, I can go near that. So I loved it. I thought what he did was amazing, but I said, no, there's no way I can go near that. And then once it started to get a bit better, um, I kind of said, I, I revisited his work and I actually called down to his um, gallery and stuff and had to chat with him. And he was so nice. And um, his work then just got me into more and more of the kind of minimalistic style of photography and kind of taking out um, distractions out of an image. <laughs> Not not digitally, but just in 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 the composition mm-hmm. um, that you try to focus on, kind of draw the the eye through to one image or just one one subject in in an image, um, and he's amazing at that. And so, yeah, it's huge inspiration. But yeah, and then that that led me onto the more photographers of that style. Then and it just yeah, just blew my mind. So it's great, isn't it? That um, an inspiration to you can be so local as well, like in the same Absolutely. county, like it's yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah. And just to be able to get in my car, like there's photographers around the world probably looking at his stuff going, oh my God, I wish I could talk to him. And I yeah. can just hop in my car and pop into his gallery for a quick chat. Like I've even bought some of his work as well. Uh, my wife got me one of his larger images in for my 40th. So. Oh, lovely. Um, so with your, your own website, which is, is beautiful, it really captures um, your photography very well. You used Wix to create that. Um, did you build it yourself or? I did, yeah, uh, all, all, all on my own. Um, I suppose I had made the decision in the, to, coming to the end of 2019, well, uh, in mid-2019 to phase out working in accounts to kind of move into full-time probably after Christmas. Um, so I spent probably the month of September working on it. Mm-hmm. And then released it then towards the end of September, coming up to Christmas and stuff like that. But oh yeah, it, it was so like like anything when 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 you're kind of working for yourself, it, there's a lot of work involved at start. But um, on a on a monthly maintenance, I'll, like if I just capture new images in a month, I'll just upload them now. But at the start, there's a, a little bit of work, kind of connecting mm. PayPal, connecting Stripe, uh, just making sure everything is right, rather than you know clicking on a, on an image and. Uh, an image costing a million euros so it's just playing around at the start and 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 wix is great because um until you actually link your shop to the site it's completely free so you okay. can play around with it all the time in the background and 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 get it to how you want it to look uh until you're you're ready to to press the red button and go live and yeah and have people click on a link and actually have money coming into your bank and then being able to um, have an e-commerce website, you know, so. So I suppose it doesn't cost you anything until you start actually exactly. making money out of it. Yeah, which is exactly. which is a, a good business model, isn't it? Oh, yeah. it's brilliant. Um, and it, it gives you the confidence then just to say, look, um, once once you play around with it for a while, you you just get the confidence that say, well, yeah, I, I think you actually can manage this on every mm. month. Um, and I don't know, like it's, it's only 25 euros a month, something like that, yeah. including that. For the, the power that it gives me, but that price is just, it's, it's, it's dropping the ocean really for what, what, what it gives me like. And I suppose you can control everything yourself. Then you've a, a good element of control over it when you are in, in or maintaining Absolutely. it yourself. Um, like if something goes wrong, I can fix it straight away. Um, I yeah. can set up codes. I can set up, um, like you get three email campaigns every month for free, um, including all that. So, um, 
I've only started doing that actually back in May. So I've set up like a subscriber area to my website where um, subscribers have get a, a password to get access to the subscriber area mm-hmm. and they get access to new images and discounts and stuff like that. So, and, and I can send them uh, an email once a month to all of those subscribers with just uh, an update on what I've been doing through the month and um, all the discount codes and stuff like that. So it's, it's just amazing. And mm. I can do it all like 90% of it on my phone, which is so handy, you know? Yeah. Fantastic. Really yeah. Good. Yeah. And you were saying there about um, leaving the accountancy world. Did yeah. you, was that a big decision for you? Oh, huge. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> you, you basically have to sit down with your wife and say, um, I'm going to be leaving a 95 uh, salary job. <laughs> to become a photographer that at the time I was only doing for a year or so. Yeah. Um, it was a huge decision, but you know, uh, back in 2018, we, we lost, um, my mother-in-law mm. and it just completely changed my outlook on life. So life, and especially kind of heading towards 40 at the time, mm. I was like, okay, look, life is too short. Let's, let's try something. Let's do something like, I suppose that's like, I actually did an accounting course before the photography came in and I kind of said, look, I'll get that done. And if I still like it, I'll stick at it because mm. I actually wanted to do photography a, good, a few years ago. But I said, look, I'll put that on the back burner, get the accounting done, get the safe thing done. Mm. Um, then at least, look, if, if, if it doesn't work, I have something to fall back on. Yeah, exactly. So, you, like, you can always pick it up again if, yeah. if needed. And, Not that and, I think uh, you'll need to or anything. But. <laughs> we'll touch it anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, like it's it's um, it's something there that if I need to go to, I can go to. But um, no, no. Uh, I, I like what I'm doing now, to be honest with you. <laughs> so it was uh, like a pre-midlife crisis. You decided yes. to, to make a complete um, drastic change. <laughs> pre, Pre-COVID crisis. So everyone copied me then they, the year after when they were all going, oh, oh my God, I've been working too hard. I need to chill out for a while. So I spend more time with my family. So, and that, that's been a huge factor of it too, is, is spending time with them. It's just, it's just yeah. amazing. Like, so, you know, like, like when you're, when, when you do what I do, like I'm not, you're not flat out all the time, you know, like mm. you, you might, I try and get out at least once a week if I can on location. Mm. Um, that then might turn into maybe a couple of hours of editing. Then, you know, if orders start coming in, you work on that. But like, you're not flat out all the time, mm. you know. So um, I do get to be more involved at home with the kids and stuff like that. So that's so that. you've improved the quality of life of your life whilst also doing something that you love. Exactly. Sounds Absolutely. good to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a lot of the time, you know, the, the, the hardest thing is just making the decision to change. The yeah. actual change itself is, is fine, yeah. you know, but it's, it, you know, it's, it's just making that end decision, right? This is what I'm going to do, you know? Yeah. And the fear of the unknown as well is, mm. uh, is, is a huge factor. Like it was my big factor for years. I knew mm. I wanted to change for years, but um, I kept putting it off and then, um no just no that was it I said no this, this has to happen now because um I'm loving it um let's see if we can make it a, make a go of it with absolutely no experience behind me so <laughs> the choice <laughs> your your site um has links to Facebook and Instagram do you find the visual presentation on Instagram to be an advantage yeah yes so it's 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 fantastic it does like it's taken the need for photographers to have a hard copy portfolio running around trying to show places your images were like going back to what we said earlier, like I, I can go from location to editing to posting on Instagram within a day. And mm. I what well, I think I'm at around like, like 2000 followers now on Instagram. You no, know, because of Instagram's and Facebook's rules now, 3000 followers don't get to see that. 
Yeah. But a huge amount of people get to see that. And, and as people say, you know, if even if Instagram showed it to 500 people, like if you walked into a room in a hall with 500 people in the room and just held up your work, you, you'd be damn glad of that. So mm. you know, the dark side of, of Instagram and Facebook is that um, even in the last year, Facebook and Instagram are just, they're squeezing the life out of kind of creatives and they're pushing people, just everyone, just towards all I want you to do now is advertise. Mm. Um, even they, 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 they barely show to your followers. They, they, would, they don't show to anybody outside of your following. So it, I've, I've seen a lot of people lately, they're just leaving Instagram and they're going over to Twitter, which is kind of the new haven for photographers. Mm, so I think, I think they started on Twitter, left Twitter, went to Instagram. Instagram now got bought out by Facebook. Facebook are now squeezing the life out of it. They're trying to get people to advertise. Um, yeah, and and during lockdown, I felt I, I I kind of I went too much onto the Instagram side trying to build it up, and, yeah. and once you actually do try to start to play their game, they squeeze the life out of you more, and they yeah. want to give you more, and it, it's so bad for people's mental health, um, because they then then Instagram kind of make it sound like oh well your 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 content is good enough, that's why we're not promoting it, so they want you to promote it by paying for it. And mm. then, and I've done it a couple of times and you don't get any results out of it because even myself, when I scroll through Instagram and I, I kind of bypass the ones that say sponsored, you know, mm. uh, and everyone does, I think. Mm. So it's kind of a losing battle. So in the last few months, I've just decided to look, I post what I want, when I want, uh, and who sees it, sees it. And if not, that's fine. Um, you don't try and think about it too much about no, no, the whole, yeah. No, yeah. Um, it, it just, I, I've, felt my mood I, I could be in a bad mood because I didn't reach enough people I'm like what am yeah. I doing like this is crazy <laughs> I'm they're totally after sucking me in here like yeah. um because like when I first started Instagram I, I I come from Facebook and back then people were it was kind of a, a nasty Facebook a nasty place but when I went to Instagram people were just so nice and mm. and in in that in those three years now nearly it's people have just been lovely like really to be honest with you. so mm. like you you do actually build up a lovely community and you get lovely followers and you get to engage with people and they, they direct message you and they comment on everything and you comment on their stuff. And that side was brilliant. I love that. Mm. I love meeting new people and stuff like that, but uh, it's just becomes a, it's just become an advertising haven. though, really. Well, at least you're aware of it, you know, yeah. I think some people mightn't be so acutely aware of that, you know, so at least you're aware of the, the downside of the, of the whole positive Instagram experience. You yeah, know? yeah. And yeah. Uh, and you see it everywhere now, and even on YouTube, people giving out, and there's been a mass exodus over to Twitter now. So mm. you're still on Instagram. You're going to stay on Instagram for a while. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, and yeah. it probably will die. Like the way it's going, it probably will die. I think people are just, you know, it, it, the fun has gone from it. To be honest with you. Well, I suppose it comes in in cycles, doesn't it? Yeah. Like everyone used to be. Remember Bebo? Like God, there exactly. was the days like Bebo, <laughs> and then there was Facebook, and yeah. then then we were running from Facebook to Instagram. So it just goes in cycles. There'll it be does. a new thing out in another yeah, few exactly, years. Yeah. yeah, I'm like going Instagram. What? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, are there are there any peer groups and, and networks in Cork even that you find particularly helpful? Um, so peer groups, I suppose everything that I've kind of found a lot has been on Instagram and, um, and not, not locally, like, like a Cork based group or anything. No, I, I, I always meant to join the Tonic Hilti Camera Club. I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, <laughs> so maybe someday I might try and get in there. Um, uh, yeah, like Instagram has just been, so it had like, it has been great. It has been, I've met some lovely people. Um, 
like any advice like recently now I was offered some kind of book or uh, being part of a book where you had to pay like 300 euros or something to be recognized globally to they're going to send out to like the top 50 companies in the world if I, if I hadn't known this guy on, on Instagram who um, won the same award um, I probably would have done it I think mm. this is great advertising for 300 euros or something this is brilliant and he just said, absolutely stay away from this complete waste of time. So little, little communities like that, that are like, you can, you, your, your go-to people is great now that I've built that up because at the start I was kind of completely headless, didn't have a clue mm. where I was going or who I was. So you can, you've, you found good advice. So in those kind of little groups and in Instagram, so. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I suppose yeah. it's a new industry to you, to you, to be fair. Like it was, if you went from accountancy, a completely different type of Absolutely, industry yeah. into a, yeah. into photography. Like there's, um, they're different worlds. They're completely different worlds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and also like the help of, um, uh, like I, I, I sell my work in some, in Wild Atlantic Designs in Clannacilty and The Loft in Clannacilty and Forest and Flock in Bantry. And those guys have just been a huge help as well. Like especially um, Kate in The Loft. Like she was just a, she gave me my, first exhibition um great advice on you know when to calm down and discounts and stuff like that mm. and just to kind of just sell sell your work as art and just to kind of be proud of your work and mm. being able to value your work and um not to just 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 kind of uh, local advice like that has been great like yeah exactly you can't yeah. really buy that kind of advice you know no no, no, no. They, they've seen it all before. They've seen absolutely. people do this kind of thing before and they, they're kind of real, realistic as to yeah. what, what, what's um, good advice and, and what's not. It's not. It's not for them to get any richer. It's just mm. to help you, you know, so. They want, they want other people to, to, to do well, especially people in the, in your locality, you know, exactly, you want to, yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah. is nice. Yeah. So what are your plans all for next year? So for next year, um, I suppose it's, it's more of the same, really. It is to just keep going, getting the name out there. Um, it is possibly, I'm currently looking into maybe doing some like pop-up galleries of my own kind of, um, just still investigating that just, just in case I break any laws or anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, um, I suppose like just, just again, just to, just to bring that power back to me, um, just to, be able to on 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 a weekend say okay I'm going to set up a little pop up over here I'm going to pop up over there, um they'll be they'll be quite interested to you get to meet some nice people that way as well, mm. um yeah it's just to carry on keep going try and get the workshops out there get the get the like I don't know if you've seen my feed at the moment with Instagram mm. I'm really selling my kind of reels and the videos of my images rather than the actual images now. Well, mm-hmm. I'm doing both, but um, it's really trying to get the, the the quality of the printing across, you know. Mm. Um, and like that's obviously, I'm taking the image, but it's, it's a huge factor as well that I'm involved with strand framing as well because they really helped me as well in Tanakilti. Like even a photographer messaged me yesterday saying just the quality of the printer are, are stunning as it will. It's mostly them. <laughs> so, so they they do all the printing for you. So is it exactly? Yeah. So mm. I I, pre- I prepare my files. I get them ready for print, and I send it to them, and and then they will they will print it for me. So uh, uh, what do you think are your biggest challenges that you face? So the challenges I think are it's it's constantly at the moment. I'm still very very new in the industry, so it's trying to get to keep the name getting out there, mm. uh, keeping the the 
the cash coming in effectively now because you know you need to um get the workshops out there get the prints out there um and if i get that regular just a regular bit back into the i suppose that has been to this, I suppose the challenge, all right, since I started is is getting used to that the up and down side mm. of it because I was so used to I said earlier about the salary, you know, mm. <laughs> you could show up and work for a month and not do anything and still mm. get paid. But um, at the moment, no, it's it's kind of, you're sitting here waiting for people to buy your prints. You're yeah. sitting here waiting to to book in with your workshops. So mm. it's just getting that name out there, getting through the the Facebook algorithm <laughs> and the Instagram algorithm just to get the name out there, get the, just, just regular booking stuff like that. So you, I suppose um, you have to kind of overcome the ups and downs, the uh, troughs yeah. and um, peaks of, and, of and being just busy. And just get used to that feeling of, okay, look, I've had a quiet month. And and over time that you, you, you get to recognize that. Mm. Um, and I've, I've got a year behind me now and I could see already the trends and stuff like that. Mm. So I can expect the quiet month maybe in one month and then mm. maybe the month after. But, you know, I suppose... Like and people say, like she's a, a business when they're starting out. Normally, doesn't start to make money until after at least two years. So yeah, I'm I'm nearly two years in now. So um, talk to me again in five years. Yeah. <laughs> I won't be able to talk to you. You won't be wanting to talk to us little uh, no, little people absolutely. here anymore in Car Creation. No, 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 no. <laughs> You'll always remember your roots. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, what piece of technology or software can you not live without, then, Stephen? Um, so obviously the camera is, is, is definitely mm-hmm. vital, but when it comes to where I am now, my editing is a hundred percent Lightroom. I, there's no way I could go back to the, the kind of, I was using free software before just mm-hmm. kind of doing the basics now. And it's, um, yeah, it's huge. Um, it's my style now comes through the editing really. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. The, it's how you finesse the, everything is, is just, yeah. yeah. And just, it just, I can, I can prepare my images better for printing and, um, so much more, so much more power. And I suppose there's a lot of the way too, is if you know what you can do in with editing it, you can, you can capture the picture probably in a lot better way as well. Yeah. You know, if you know, well, I can do this and if I just need it to get ta- it like this. Yeah. It takes the pressure, like it takes the pressure off. No, I, I try to get as much as I can in camera. Like, um, mm. obviously like number one thing for me is obviously everything has to be sharp and in focus. Um, um, because I, when, I, when I bring it into um, Lightroom, I want to make sure that I don't want to be wasting pixels either. Mm-hmm. Um, like even if even if your your image is not straight in camera and you straighten it in Lightroom, you actually lose pixels that way. So mm. um, especially when, when it's that's fine for, um, let's say, Instagram, Facebook, because you only need a small resolution image for that. But if you are printing, pixels are are your bread and butter mm-hmm. and um, you just can't afford to be losing pixels so yeah you try to get the the best photograph par- possible in so camera in camera and then just so that's, finesse yeah. it yeah exactly yeah. yeah and what piece of advice would you give to other people thinking of setting up in in business like what mistakes or, or good choices did you make that you think could be of benefit to other people starting out yeah um well definitely good choices was i went to the West Cork Enterprise Office mm-hmm. and um, they started me on my journey of kind of starting to change my mentality about it a, a bit because I remember one of the first meetings I went to they did like a group session up in Fern Hill or something the guy was asking me um, what, what are your fears and I was like well 
it was actually that day was the last day of my employment. <laughs> so I said, as of today, or the day before was my last day of employment. So I said, as of today, I am unemployed. And he turned around and said, absolutely not. As of today, you're self-employed. Mm. So it's just about bending up, building up that kind of mentality of, look, this is all in your hands now. And, and you have to be confident and you have to get out there and don't be afraid of anything. And they do a great course. It's um, a start your own business course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would definitely advise anyone thinking about it to do that. It's like a four week, four day course over four weeks. Um, I think it was only like 80 euros and they supply like teas and coffees and sandwiches and you meet some lovely people there mm-hmm. and I met some lovely people there. We still chat on a WhatsApp group. Um, I would definitely advise that if you are thinking about it though, like uh, I was a bit naive thinking that, okay, I'm going to, I'm starting up my own business. How much can I get? Mm. Um, and it was a big fat zero. Um, um, unless you were involved in manufacturing or exporting, the Irish government don't give you anything effectively. Mm -hmm. Um, so it is only for, I was, I had a little bit of savings, a little bit where I was able to purchase my new camera. I was able to, to purchase all that gear without having to go into debt, um, Mm -hmm. was huge because when you're starting out, sales are tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and if you have a big, massive loan, when you have, don't have regular sales, you will eat into your cash very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. So, um, cash is huge. It is really to answer to, um, so if you're going to do it, I would probably, um, do it over maybe two years where you could say, okay, in two years time, I'm going to, I'm going to do it or even start it while you're still employed or fu- mm-hmm. fully employed, get your savings in the background. Um, do like some um, college of do great courses as well. They do like start your own business courses. I would definitely do something uh, just in relation to business, just being able to manage your business, being able to price up your products, price up anything like that. Because if you're going in there kind of clueless, people can take advantage of you and you, you more than likely work for, for free effectively because mm. you might end up where your costs are higher than your, your sales. So um just just do some little courses like that. They're like they're like four to eight week courses in the College of Com. They're I think about a hundred euros max each. Um just be able to manage your business yourself because like when you become self-employed, you're the CEO, you're the marketing manager, you are the CFO, you are mm. all of the above. Um, you are the guy cleaning out, you know, mm. the toilets as well. Mm. You know what I mean? mm. So yeah. you are everything. You are everything. So if there's, I will like, I see a lot of people where they, um, they just dump a bag of receipts on the accountant's desks and say, sort that out. <laughs> and it's just, no, like you need to, you need to know your business like if, if you, if you want to make a living from it really yeah. like, you know, yeah. Yeah. um, unless you have a business where the cash is just flowing in the door. Um, but otherwise you've, if you have to work at your marketing, if you, if you have to work at sales, um, you really need to earn those sales. Um, you want to know a bit about the business behind it too. Mm-hmm. Now, th- one of the most important questions, Stephen, yeah. which is your favorite Star Wars or Lord uh, of the Rings? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a tough one. No. <laughs> I probably have to go with Star Wars. It's a... <laughs> the most important question (laughs) thank you (laughs) thanks Stephen thanks for taking the time to chat to us today on the Cork Creative Podcast if you'd like to learn more about Stephen and his work you'll find information and web links at the Cork Creative website 